Welcome to both Success and Integrity with Bessie Graham, a podcast dedicated to established business leaders like you, ready to bring more meaning into your life in a way that strengthens rather than threatens the financial stability of your business. I'm your host, Bessie Graham. I've worked with business owners, governments, and large funding bodies like the United Nations for over 20 years to bring doing good and making money back together. So let's unpack why you don't have to choose between experiencing success or having integrity in your life. Welcome back. I am so happy to have you joining with me again today. After a few episodes where I've based the podcast around conversations with some incredible people in my network, today we're going back to you and me having a conversation about some of the practices that can guide us in our leadership journey. So in this episode, I'm going to share two questions that I use to find calm in chaos. And I'm going to introduce the key concepts to you and give you a few examples of how that plays out for me and get you to reflect a bit on what they might look like in your leadership journey. The piece that I'm kind of thinking about as as we start this conversation and we're back in a place that's us talking about leadership is that in an ideal world, I would love it if you could come and join me and we could just be sitting in front of the fire with a pot of tea and have a meandering conversation over many hours to unpack and, and talk about this and share our experiences. In the absence of that being an option for us, we're going to make the best of you either joining via listing on audio or watching on YouTube. But wherever you are engaging with this, I'm so glad that you're here and I hope that you're ready to jump in. Given that you are listening to this podcast, I think it's probably safe to assume that there is some part of you that thinks there must be more, whether that is specifically related to your leadership journey, whether that is about the components of running your business, but the mindless kind of chasing of achievement, the accumulation, the goals, the titles, the positions that the world tells you are signals of your success and your worth are proving to not be enough. And so it is in that vein and it is with that assumption that you have a desire for more and that you want to feel more aligned, that you want to have a more meaningful experience of being a business leader that I have shaped the content for today's podcast because these two questions that I use can really help bring you back to that place of calm in amongst the demands and the onslaught of leadership. The piece that I think makes this so important even if part of you is thinking, I've got so many other things to do, I don't know if I can stop and have this thinking time, is that we cannot just keep piling more and more things, adding more things to our to-do list and our expectations of ourselves as a leader, unless we first stabilise and can really focus in and clarify what's most important. My drivers in creating this podcast, in writing my book and setting up the YouTube channel are that I am putting in this effort, the thought, time, investment to do this because it has been my experience as a leader that our well-being, our needs, 
and the creation of safe and supportive spaces for leaders is just not even on the radar of the world around us. But I genuinely care about you as a business leader. And I want to create those spaces, even if it is only, you know, 40 minutes or an hour each week that you're able to reflect and think and take in some ideas and frameworks that can help you in your leadership journey and in the attempt to take that both-and mindset of figuring out how your business can be more than just about profit, but it can actually lead to that win-win where there is a business that you are proud of and that is contributing in the world, but that is also having that financial stability that you're after. So that's the first piece in terms of my drivers and why I'm doing this. The second is that I am very aware that we as leaders are instrumental in the outcomes that are achieved around us. And the ability to generate those outcomes is relying on us to a great extent. But without the right practices, support and tools, we can often be our own worst enemy. And what happens then when we don't have those tools, we don't have the practices and the support, is that we unintentionally limit our own and others' potential. And I don't want that for you. So when you think about both of those things that I've just framed in terms of uh, the, the components of creating for you a space and equipping you. In this episode, I want to help you see how you can use the two questions I'm going to frame for your own well-being and your experience as a leader, but also as a tool to make you a better and more effective leader. I have found that my ability to find and maintain that calm in amongst the chaos, comes down to how I answer two foundational questions in any given moment or situation that I find myself in. So here's the two questions. The first is, do I know myself deeply and truthfully? The second is, who is in the driver's seat? myself or my shadow. I want to unpack a few of the key concepts for you in each of those questions so that you're able to then use them yourself in your practice. So if we start with question one, the key concept in that question of do I know myself deeply and truthfully, the key concept there is around self-knowledge. And if we go all the way back to ancient Greece, Knowing yourself was described as not only the most difficult thing to do, but as the foundation for our ability to do the most important thing, which was to live out true success. So clarity here around self-knowledge or knowing yourself deeply and truthfully is actually What allows you to find alignment? If you don't start from a place of deeply knowing yourself, then you can't hope to set goals or a vision that is aligned. Because what are you aligning to? Does that make sense? Without that clarity, without in an ongoing way having a practice of asking yourself, do I know myself deeply and truthfully in this moment I find myself in, without doing that and coming to a place where the answer is yes, we cannot hope to consistently feel aligned because we don't know what we're aligning to. If we flip now to question two, and just go into three of the key concepts there to make sure we're on the same page. 
the first thing is to say, well, what do I mean by saying who's in the driver's seat? Pretty basic. With the driver's seat, I'm simply talking about who is making those critical decisions around things like what direction are you traveling? What speed? What route are you taking? Those types of ideas are how I think about who is in the driver's seat. And then if we jump to the two options that I give you in question two of self being in the driver's seat or your shadow. Self, for me, in most of my life and as I've used this concept, I would have simply described it as sitting in or acting from my truth or the essence of who I really am. More recently, I've come to find the characteristics of self that are used in internal family systems therapy, or IFS, to be useful. So today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how you can use their thinking about self to test who's in the driver's seat. In terms of shadow, if we think of trying to get a sense of whether your shadow is in the driver's seat, I use the idea of shadow as the flip side of the most valued parts of me. So often when I'm in shadow, it's me taking something that is otherwise healthy, that in a different setting would be seen as a strength of mine. And it's me pushing it to an extreme or taking it out of context. The other piece that can be thought of as a shadow is that they can also be parts of myself that I'm not conscious of yet. So think of that as like a blind spot. And parts of me that I reject or resist because I don't see them as being aligned with my identity. So they're the types of framings or ideas of how I think about, am I in my shadow? The piece, so I'm just going to remind you again what those questions are. So we've gone through kind of the key aspects of them. But that first question is, do I know myself deeply and truthfully? The second question is, who is in the driver's seat, myself or my shadow? For me, as I have got older, the centrality in any of these settings as a leader and, and dealing with how to do it well comes back to the centrality of both and, the mindset that I keep talking to you about because it is one that I hope you adopt. And the reason why that is so central for me is because both end recognizes and allows you to continually remember that it's a dance. It's a dance between trying to figure out what to hold on to, what to use as your touchstone or to sense check, your decisions, your behavior, how you're showing up. The dance to figure out what to focus on, give your attention to. And the decisions that you need to make about what you are moving toward. So these pieces for us as leaders are all of the moving parts that we are constantly trying to prioritize, make decisions over and choose how we're going to interact with them. And it can feel like a swirl where we often don't even know which way is up. I don't know if you as a kid used to go to the beach, but I went all throughout my childhood to an amazing surf beach, which I loved, back in the times when parents would send their kids to the beach unaccompanied which you wouldn't do now, obviously. But I remember vividly that experience of being pulled under a wave and being absolutely pummeled. You just felt like you're in a washing machine. You were just thrown around. And the piece that was terrifying was when you lost a sense of which way was up and you would freak out a little bit because you were like, where is the air? That feeling 
of not knowing which way is up is something that you can experience as a leader when all the things coming at you are so chaotic and it becomes that swirl. But here's the thing. So much of what creates the noise, the swirl, the anxiety are things that are external to you. They are things that are outside of both your control and even your influence. If I was engaging with you as your thinking partner in your business and trying to help you to figure out what would the entry point be for you to do good and make money inside your business, I would begin that by figuring out and getting you to focus on what do you have decision-making rights over and what do you have influence over. And that is where we would start. It is no different in this work for the personal journey for you as a leader. And in fact, scrap that because it's not even just about you as a leader. It's you more fully as a person because you are not one title, one persona, or one role. You are multidimensional. So on this personal journey, I want you to remember that the same thing goes here. If we're trying to figure out how to engage with and calm that swirl, that chaos. We can't expect to do that by thinking we can change everybody else or their behavior, that we can be dabbling with the things we have no control over and no influence over. We have to start with what we can control and influence. And guess what that is? ourselves. So, in this journey, the the piece to remember is that for you to actually experience the calm in the chaos, it comes back to the journey of learning to lead yourself, which is about your self-knowledge. Do I know myself deeply and truthfully? And it's about being intentional about who is in the driver's seat, yourself or your shadow. The piece I want you to just think on for a moment is when the outside world is chaotic and out of control, do you have a peaceful center that is ordered and beautiful? and allows you to find the rest and renewal that you need to be able to function as a leader. And then, importantly, do you know how to consistently cultivate that space so that you can return to it when you lose it? Because the reality is you're not going to always feel calm You're not going to always be in that beautiful, peaceful space. I hope that you can spend more and more time there, but you are human. So as well as figuring out whether you have that peaceful space to go to and you can experience that calm, I also want you to be honest about whether you're equipped to cultivate that and to know how to get back there when you need to. I want to run through with you now when we think about and focus on those two questions that I think are critical for you to reflect on regularly as a leader. I want to talk you through the four potential answer combinations and how they play out so that you can then just start to think about your own experience and what that might look like. So I'll use me as the example. When I am in a place of deep knowing and stillness and myself is in the driver's seat, then in this combination, even as everything might fall apart around me, 
I can come back to my own inner calm and find a place of rest and renewal from which I can then keep moving. So when my answer to the first question is yes, and when my answer to the second question is that myself is in the driver's seat, then regardless of what's happening outside me, I can find the place of calm. In the second combination, when I'm in a place of deep knowing and stillness, but that is combined with me operating with my shadow in the driver's seat, then I find myself thinking, engaging and behaving in ways that are at odds with who I am, what I believe, what I value. And these are those moments of living and behaving out of alignment. The third combination is when something significant has shifted to the point where I can no longer say that I deeply and truthfully know myself in that particular phase or point or place that I find myself. So I'm still operating with self in the driver's seat and I don't feel that knowledge of self is present, right? But because the combination is that I'm still operating with self in the driver's seat, then what I'm able to do is course correct and do the work of self-discovery to uncover new parts of myself that have now emerged and work my way back to that deep sense of knowing myself. So this third combination is an interesting one because you might at first think, well, gosh, if everything's changed so much that you don't know yourself anymore, how does that work? But because you are still operating from that driver's seat of self, you are able to find your way back and figure it out given the new information or or whatever it is that's going on around you. The fourth and final combination that I want to talk to you about is the most destructive because it is when I find myself adrift and disconnected from that sense of knowing, but at the same time, my shadow is in the driver's seat. You don't want to be in the line of sight in those moments, but thankfully they are very rare. So you probably don't have to worry about it. But that is the, as I said, the most destructive piece and we want to avoid that as much as we can. While we do want to be kind to ourselves as leaders and remember we're human, we are going to have moments where we don't act in alignment, where we get out of whack. You want to avoid that fourth one as much as possible. For you, I'm interested for you to just reflect for a moment and think about times when you've experienced some of these combinations. Can you think of periods where actually if you thought about it using this framework, it would explain why you behaved the way you did or why even though everything was chaotic around you, what it was about that situation that allowed you to find calm? I personally have found this and continue to find it a really useful grounding exercise and way to identify what is actually going on for me. One of the things I want us to talk about today is why are good questions so important? And part of the reason that I think they are is that reflective practices frameworks and tools are so important because we are on a journey. You're always evolving. And if growth is part of life, then without being equipped on how to navigate the shifts that will inevitably come and occur both inside you and around you, it's going to get pretty messy. 
So beginning all explorations from a place of not only self-awareness, but of this deeper concept of self-knowledge is truly the strongest foundation for you to build. I always start with that first question because even if my answer has been yes, even if my answer has been yes for a decade, I cannot assume, it would be unwise to assume that the answer is going to be yes all of the time and then just power on. If life and leadership are a journey, then that means that we are always learning. That means we find ourselves in new situations, uncharted territory, different relationships, all of which can evoke new questions, stir new feelings, dreams, desires, or push new buttons and awaken issues that we may have thought we had dealt with years ago. But something about this new interaction makes us realise it actually wasn't fully dealt with. You also know things now that you didn't know a decade ago. You know things now that you probably didn't even know a month ago. So you cannot assume that your answer to question one of do I know myself deeply and truthfully, you can't assume the answer is stable and unchanging when the ground you are standing on could have shifted significantly. Despite the fact that my answer to question one is consistently and resounding a resounding yes, there have been enough moments in my life where the ground underneath me has completely shifted and I've had to dig deep and come to a new understanding of myself. And so that has happened enough that I will never assume or take for granted that my answer is yes. And I would encourage you to also not assume that your answer will always be yes. So don't skip over this question. Wherever you are in your life at the moment, whether it's feeling quite stable or whether it is chaotic, if you stop and ask yourself, do I know myself deeply and truthfully? What would your answer be? I'm going to transition into question two now. And if we're being more conscious of who is in the driver's seat, that allows us to be intentional in checking that you're showing up in the way you want to and that you're not just being swept along with unconscious reactions or unquestioned beliefs. So self, if that's the the way that you're showing up, if, if yourself is in the driver's seat, then as I mentioned, I haven't always used internal family systems therapy, IFS, as the way I understand self. So previously there was that more simple description, if you like, of it being sitting in or acting from my truth or the essence of who I am. But sometimes when I use that description with someone and I'm trying to get them to identify whether they're operating from self or shadow, they can find it difficult to know how would I know am I acting from self or or shadow. And there's a discomfort in even uh, figuring that out for a lot of people. So what I found is that IFS can be helpful in that space. In IFS... The self is characterized by eight C's. And you know how much I love alliteration. So, eight C's is a good one. Let me just run you through what those are. So, they list them as compassion, curiosity, clarity, creativity, calm, confidence, courage, and connectedness. So these pieces, you can use them as entry points to check in with how you feel. 
what you're capable of in any given moment. So let me give you some examples with that. If you're trying to figure out, am I acting from self? What IFS is saying is that if you're operating from self, you will be able to experience and act with compassion, for example, if we go with the first C. So if you sit there and think about how you feel able to engage with people and you are lacking the ability to have compassion, so you go, okay, I'll use one of the other filters, let me see. Am I in a place where there's some curiosity? Yes or no? Am I in a place where I have clarity? Is there confidence? So you just go through this list as that sense check. And if you're consistently finding that your answer to that is, no, I can't actually act from that place, I don't feel any compassion, I just feel incredibly judgmental and angry, I don't feel creative, I feel boxed in and like there is only one right way to do it, I don't feel courageous, I feel a sense of fear, I don't feel connected, I feel completely isolated. Your responses there are what give you the indicator that you are acting or have in the driver's seat your shadow. There is a piece that is driving you, choosing your direction, your engagement, that is not from that place of deep knowing and the essence of who you are. On the flip side, if you answer those questions and you say, yes, I'm feeling incredibly connected. I'm feeling creative. I'm feeling calm, super curious, and I have a compassion for other people. If you're, you're answering the questions in that way, then you can be confident that you are acting from self and that self is in the driver's seat. So I hope that's helpful. If we then look at the shadows, The flip side of many of the most valued parts of me are those shadows. So there's a a component around um, we've used the IFS version of self and those eight Cs to be able to figure out are we acting from self or the shadow. But when we jump into the shadow and we think about those pieces, that they are me taking something that is otherwise healthy and pushing it to an extreme or taking it out of context, then I want to give you an example of one of those pieces where I consistently find that I tend to flip into a shadow space. And that is related to my core values from my family of origin. So growing up, the core values that were in my family, I find that as an adult, they are pieces that trip me up quite regularly and send me into a shadow. And so the pieces there are around, if you've listened to some of the the episodes that I've done around values, where I talk about Patrick Lencioni and his phrase that one of your ways of telling if something is a core value is that you have a tendency to take it too far. This is speaking into that shadow. So when we flip into taking a a core value too far, that's a shadow playing out. So the reason that for me those core values of my family of origin are tricky and drive the shadow, is that they are deeply rooted patterns of behavior. They have often become unconscious because they've been present for so long. And if we look at them for what they are and where they came from, they are other people's expectations and beliefs that were embedded in me at a young age that I've taken on And that can therefore catch me off guard and I can find myself in that unquestioning, unconscious way driving those 
to places that actually no longer fit me or serve me. The pieces there that, you know, if I give you some examples, so some of the core values in my family growing up were around independence and work ethic. I can flip into taking those things too far and they become shadows when I become incredibly self-contained and don't engage. You know, my independence becomes an actual weakness and it drives behavior that is unhealthy or my work ethic becomes obsessive in a way that is not healthy. So those pieces are my shadow. So there's something that in a different setting was a strength and that has helped me achieve a whole bunch of things. But when it flips into shadow, it is now unhealthy. It is at an extreme or is out of context. The other piece I want to give you a word of warning in this second question around shadows is that shadows are also those parts of ourselves that we reject or resist because we don't see them as being aligned to our identity. But interestingly, the more you reject those pieces, the more that they tend to drive really strong reactive responses. And so when I talk to you in this second question about who's in the driver's seat, And I'm talking to you about the healthy answer being self in the driver's seat. I want to clarify that I am not saying deny your shadows, exile them, judge them. They're bad. You need to eradicate them altogether. Because as I just said, if you try to do that, it will backfire and they will come back with a vengeance. So I'm not asking you to do that. What I am asking you to become more conscious of is to figure out quickly who is in the driver's seat and then make a decision if that's what you want. Because there will be moments that it flips and you have a shadow in the driver's seat and I just want you to have the practice and the skill to be able to identify that quickly and change it. I've told you some of the bits of my patterns or the signs that I use to think about these components of who is in the driver's seat, myself or my shadow. I would love for you to do the same exercise, whether it's now or after you listen to the episode. Think about and identify what are some of those signs and patterns for you when it comes to having yourself or your shadow in the driver's seat. What are some of your shadows that repeat and show up again and again? Just capture those and try to tune in quickly next time when you see that emerging. As we pull these ideas to a close, I want to talk to you about the fact that the initial purpose of these two questions is about you experiencing or being able to experience calm and chaos. And that's a wonderful thing. And it will sustain you as a leader. But there are three other aspects of why these two questions are valuable and what they enable that I want to share with you. The first is around discernment and the need or ability to make judgment calls and to cultivate wisdom. In order to do those things as a leader, you what it requires of you is for you to be operating from that place of deep knowing and operating with yourself in the driver's seat. So if as a leader you want to be discerning, you want to make good judgment calls and you want to be wise, then using these two questions to check where you are and what your response is will help you get to that place as a leader. The second piece I want to talk about is the fact that Your ability to read situations and decipher if you are at or approaching an important threshold is really important. For me, sometimes my destabilizing in one of those foundational questions 
something that throws me off and means I either don't know myself or I have my shadow in the driver's seat can be caused because I'm edging towards what the Irish poet and theologian John O'Donoghue calls a threshold. So he says that a threshold is not simply a boundary, but it is a frontier that divides two different territories, rhythms and atmospheres. At these times, when my whole world is shifting beneath my feet, in that anticipation of ushering in something new, then approaching and stepping over a threshold can wreak havoc on both your sense of self and your ability to make wise decisions or even be conscious of who you allow in the driver's seat in your life. A threshold moment could be anything from experiencing menopause, having kids, starting a new relationship, moving, starting a business, leaving an organisation, or starting or ending a business partnership. If you are at or approaching a threshold, then O'Donoghue suggests this. I'm going to read, read his words for you. It is wise in your own life to be able to recognise and acknowledge the key thresholds, to take your time, to feel all the varieties of presence that accrue there, to listen inward with complete attention until you hear the inner voice calling you forward. The time has come to cross. Allowing time and space to experience and process all of those associated emotions, but also to let the new emerge when it is ready rather than forcing it. That is something that most of us struggle with. There's a few more wise words that O'Donoghue has that are a good place for us to just sit with and reflect. He says, The beauty of nature insists on taking its time. Everything is prepared. Nothing is rushed. The rhythm of emergence is a gradual slow beat, always inching its way forward. Change remains faithful to itself until the new unfolds in the full confidence of true arrival. Change arrives in nature when time has ripened. The reality is that without consistent practices and the creation of regular space for reflection, it can be really hard to pinpoint the genesis of our disconnect. And what I mean by that in terms of that genesis of the disconnect and how this idea of honoring and sitting with the thresholds, if that's where you're at, is that I'm giving you these practices so that when you find yourself in a position where you ask the two questions and you're wondering why it is that your answer to question one is, no, I don't know myself deeply and truthfully in this moment, or you're wondering why your answer to the second question is that your shadow is in the driver's seat. These pieces are some of the ways that you can try to identify that disconnect. So our tendency to hustle and push to resolution doesn't work if we are in a threshold moment, which is why it's important to be able to tune in and recognise 
what is happening and act accordingly if you are in fact at a threshold moment that requires you to be still and wait for nature and for time to be ripened. The last of these ideas that I want to share with you that I also find helpful in this reflection process of identifying where I'm at, what a disconnect might be being caused by or or how I need to show up in a situation when answering the two foundational questions, is the idea of negative capability. So this is another concept that I love and it can be connected to the idea of thresholds but it also has a strong connection back to whether we have self or shadow in the driver's seat. So this is John Keats' idea of negative capability and he describes it as when a person is capable of being in uncertainties, mysteries, doubts, without any irritable reaching after fact and reason. So in other words, that you're able to sit in those spaces of uncertainty, mystery, doubt, without rushing to need to fix it or do something about it, but instead you can just allow it to be as it is. Now, our shadow here as leaders is that we have always been rewarded and acknowledged for our drive to action. You've probably heard or used phrases yourself that describe you as being great at a disaster, calm and able to map out a plan and execute while everyone else is falling apart. They're certainly terms that I have used and others have used about me. I don't know about you and whether you can associate with those, but usually for those of us that are established leaders and have always fallen into that role, We are the go-to person and so we are used to jumping to action and solving in those times rather than having the negative capability piece of being able to just sit with it and let it be as it is without having to fix it. So the kind of response that comes naturally to us but in this instance is actually a shadow is called positive capability. That's our routine reaction to stress. It's about taking action and it's reactive. But cultivating a tolerance for uncertainty through something like negative capability enriches our decision-making and it is key to allowing us to let something new emerge. Without that negative capability and letting new things emerge rather than being reactive and going to our go-to behaviours of solving problems in the way we always have, without that space, innovation is not actually possible. So if we have this view of ourselves or a sense of identity as a leader that we can conceptualise and that we can create new things and be innovative, then this idea of negative capability is actually really important. And it can be a really strong way for you to start to identify when something that is in a different setting, a strength, is actually playing out as a shadow for you. How you answer the two foundational questions that I've shared with you today matters. 
And it matters in any situation, whether we are in absolute chaos and the world is falling apart around us, or whether we're in a pretty stable place in terms of the external environment that we're operating in. But how we answer those foundational questions matters and it directly affects your experience of life as well as the results that you can achieve as a leader. So if you want to become more effective, intentional and impactful as a leader, you also want to experience that calm in amongst the chaos, then I encourage you to bring in to your regular practice asking yourself these two questions. Do I know myself deeply and truthfully? And who is in the driver's seat? Myself or my shadow? Thank you for taking the time to listen to both success and integrity with Bessie Graham. If you found what I shared today valuable, or you think that it would be good for a fellow business leader to listen to, then please share the episode with someone you know. Another way to help the podcast is to provide a rating and written review on your podcast app of choice. The written review is important because it helps others learn more about what we're trying to achieve. If you'd like to get in touch, please reach out to me at any time on LinkedIn, YouTube or Instagram just by searching Bessie Graham or you can go to BessieGraham.com. I'm Bessie Graham and remember... You don't have to choose between experiencing success or having integrity in your life.